I think that like Andural doesn't want to be the company that get gets bought. Andural wants to be the Google that buys the other startups in the Silicon Valley defense world um, because there will be followers behind it, right? Like that Andreessen blog and then like the kind of breadth of major funds that are invested in Andural really makes clear that like there is a willingness to fund this type of stuff and that there's going to be successes, right? And Palantir has been pursuing that model already, right? Like they are in everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. there's like Palantir um, all through Australia. You probably know more about this than than me, Jathan, but like, you know, Palantir has been, um, been doing stuff here and they're selling their services to anyone who'll take them. And it's not, it's not just contracting. It is, it is the desire to like fuse the state and a certain kind of modern contemporary corporation so that you kind of create an un- unbreakable bond between this like emergent tech capitalism and whatever remains of the state. The state is already like a hollowed out entity. Um, so what does it become when it's like just dependent on the Peter Thiels and, and Palmer Luckies of the world to ensure that like the services that the citizens expect from it remain uh, at least like functional in some in some basic way. Yeah, and th- I mean, this follows the logic of uh, American neoliberal statecraft as well, in the sense that it is in many ways the exact inverse of, you know, the military civil fusion that bang on about that's going on in China, where that, you know, the Chinese state is kind of subsuming these tech companies into its own interests. And we can see this as well with like, you know, the Chinese state acting real, real hard and aggressive and fast against um, the IPO of Ant, of the Ant Group, uh, you know, really enacting these like uh, capital yeah. controls kind of being the pace setter for um, antitrust regulation in the in the global uh, sphere against the tech sector where you know the Chinese state is looking at military civil fusion in the sense that the civil needs to be fused into the state whereas the American aspect of that the, is the complete inverse where uh, the state needs to be fused and subsumed into the corporate realm and so they want military civil fusion they just want that relationship to go the opposite direction china's looking at america and going we don't want to end up like that right jack marg like get back in your box right like understand Mm -hmm. where the power is here and that like you're you're doing what you're doing on sufferance um and so like you know they they have a different vision and they're they're looking at ensuring that that they don't end up in this hollowed out situation where like the the Peter Thiels and and Eric Schmitz and so on are are the ones who are dictating what the technological future of U.S. state will look like. You know, it is fascinating to see in other countries, but specifically in China, because China is really the only country in the three sort of like possible poles of technical innovation and development, uh, you know, United States, Europe and China, just because that's where a lot of the uh, capitals like, you know, festering like it's interesting that in those places it's china yeah it was like hey fuck this shit (laughs) you you get like you said get back in the box whereas like in europe they're still struggling i think like uh they're having huge or they're having debates or trying to have debates between different factions about what the role of technology is going to be and if they're just simply going to be like a colony of the united states in terms of technology if they're going to be developing technology solely in the context of military connections if they're going to be connected to the united states military uh system and the limitations that'll put on what how much tech they can regulate or act on 
or whether they want like technological sovereignty and what that looks like. I think, you know, Francesca, Bria and uh, Yevgeny Morozov have done a really good job of, I, I guess, like highlighting that tech in our awareness, in the wave of awareness of the history of Silicon Valley, so relationship to the military, we've also kind of not stepped back and done like the next logical step, which is like the military is concerned with geopolitical competition and that should be a lens in which we understand technological development more so than capitalist competition, right? And that the firms that end up serving geopolitics the most are going to be advanced by the military and the state in ways that they would not have been in previous epochs, because in previous epochs, it was like capitalist competition maybe as more of a driver, even though there was a geopolitical battle raging with the Soviet Union, right? There was still Mm -hmm. an attempt to mature the markets and the industries for capitalist competition. You know, the rest of the world just ends up being like a playground for these uh, various firms to develop or to extract more from at discounts so that, you know, they don't really have to face the full brunt or externalities of their system. The world we're in is so locked between like who is going to end up determining direction of technological development, if it's going to be like a U.S. system or a China system or everyone else solely concerned with that, that we don't get a chance to like look at experiments or think of what experiments are happening in, you know, the rest of the world, right? In Mm -hmm. um, the global South, especially. And I feel like we've lost or are losing because on the one hand, this is like such a pressing thing. It really is a fight that we need to like figure out how to address, but also lose the chance to like think of the alternatives, right? Like, as we talked about, the imagination we have, the political imagination gets limited every single time because of how fucking forceful parasites are and how you have to constantly think about how you're going to burn them off or, you know, if you can burn them off in the first place instead of uh, us asking what world we would want to look like. Like, I don't want a world where Lucky Palmer's tech is around, right? But I'm sure, I mean, not the fucking uh, all-seeing eyes or the Sauron eye towers, right? It's interesting that, you know, like, because his, his existence and the desire and the way in which he's driven it, drones have ended up developing in that direction or, and are going to develop in that direction. Surveillance, augmenting surveillance, electronic warfare, or supplementing other systems that do all of that instead of anything else or figuring out if they can do that. And if they can't, then maybe getting rid of them. But now that's all out of the cards and we just have to focus on like the degree to which we want uh, Lucky's vision to dominate our lives. 